In association with the Weyland-Yutani Bulletin and SciFi.com, this is Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. We are the only exclusively alien podcast of its kind, with your hosts, J.M. Prater and Peter Hay. God damn it, that's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. And all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Fucking A. Thank you for choosing, or thank you for I'm thinking, I'm, thinking <laughs> I'm at work. <laughs> um, welcome to a Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast. This is episode 26. I'm your host, Jamie, and this and is... This is Peter. Hey, everybody. And thanks for joining us. This is our Alien Day uh, episode. Uh, there's a lot going on today. Um, lots that we're seeing, a lot of participation from NECA, from 20th Century Fox, all over the map. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot happening, um, and we wanted to kind of have a uh, an episode kind of celebrating Alien Day, but also uh, talking about what's kind of happening in Alien fandom. Uh, you know, we've got news from Alien Covenant. We've got news from Sigourney Weaver uh, with a bit of an update on Neil Blomkamp's Alien uh, film. Uh, so yeah, there's 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 a lot to cover. There is so much going on right now, and I'm so excited. Me too, me too. Um, well, first thing, uh, we've been seeing a lot of imagery from Covenant, a lot of leaked imagery like the, the ships um, uh, and uh, the a head, an engineer head, much like we've seen from uh, Prometheus, which is very, very interesting. Um, so, of course, they're in the middle of filming right now in Australia, I believe, or they might be in New Zealand. I think it's Australia. I think it's New Zealand. Is it New Zealand? I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not positive either. That. It might be a little bit of both, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, that's an exciting thing, you know, and uh, there's been a lot of uh, discussion about where they're taking us in in Alien Covenant, um, what we're, what's in store. No, None of us ver- know. There's been so many changes with the film that we don't really know what to expect. And I think that's a very exciting place to be as a fan, to not know what to expect. Uh, oh, yeah. So I've read a couple of things from people feeling, saying, you know, there's a lot of cynical people. I, I certainly am a little bit cynical too, but I'm more hopeful than I am cynical. But it's what something that I've, that I've been hearing people say is that, oh, there's no way Ridley Scott's going to, you know, make another film like Alien, um, like it's over, like we're not, you know, we're not going to walk into that film with the same, you know, feeling the same thing we did when we saw Alien. And I disagree with that. I think that's entirely possible. If done right, yes. Yeah. I mean, that'd be kind of like Michelangelo going back and redoing the Sistine Chapel. No, but Michelangelo had other masterpieces that were just that's as... True. That is true. As beautiful. And I, I've, I've and something else that I've you know, noticed, too, is uh, this aliens versus aliens. Which is better? And for me, it's not about which is better. Uh, it doesn't I, matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter which one's better. They're both separate stories. Uh, they're both furthering uh, Ripley's story and the kind of the alien lore. Um, 
and I don't think uh, I feel like there's this thing where like oh people say like even with uh, the the Blade Runner follow up film oh it'll never be as good as Blade Runner it's not supposed to be as good as Blade Runner Alien Covenant isn't supposed to be as good as Alien it's supposed to appropriately further the the myth the the lore the mythology whatever um all while respecting the source material yeah and bringing us back into that place of wonder and and creativity and fantastic characters fantastic dialogue realistic believable dialogue amazing setting that's what's going to be a successful film if we go into this thinking oh this can't be better than alien it's going to fail you know it will always fail well i mean it's it's kind of like star wars you know as good of reviews as the force awakens got if you went in expecting that to be like sur- if if you went expecting that to surpass you know any of the original trilogy then you would have been disappointed yeah. you know it's a new story that pays its dues to the original material and it goes from there and it uh, starts telling a new story yeah absolutely um, and it's successful at telling that new story and it's its own thing um, you know there's criticism of course that it's a little bit too much a new hope um, but I think The Force Awakens is successfully its own story. It's really good. It's a lot of fun, and we haven't had a fun. We haven't had fun in a Star Wars film since The Return of the Jedi, uh, arguably. So, <laughs> and I think that's yeah, uh, I think that's the mission of Alien Covenant and even Bloomcamp's Alien, which we'll get to in a bit. Uh, you know, let's 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 let it work within the the the, the kind of the the structure that they're creating. And hopefully it works really well. And hopefully we can one day quote Alien Covenant, you know, say, oh, yeah, that was an awesome scene or whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean, it certainly has all the potential. I mean, you got all these awesome people working on it. You got the makeup studio from Mad Max Fury Road yes. doing uh, costume and makeup and I think creature design, maybe. Not too sure. Somebody will fact yeah, check me on I, that. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Something along those lines. Um so so we have people that have won awards for their awesome work and you have Ridley Scott who love him or hate him he's done some awesome movies and he's an auteur for sure yeah and then you know we have Michael Fassbender coming back yeah which so. you know Michael Fass Michael Fassbender Billy Crudup which I'm really excited about I really love him I haven't seen him in a lot um to me, I think he reached icon status in the the watch the watch the Watchmen. Watchmen. Uh, he was fantastic. Such a great movie. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Captain Waterston. Uh, it, it should be very very interesting, and no doubt it's going to be it's going to look good. Um, you know, there are a few concerns I had. Like uh, re- recently, Ridley Scott was quoted as saying how he was going to have a scene in Covenant that's going to rival the chest bursting scene in Alien, and right away I was I thought to myself, you know, that's not the point. The point isn't to up the gore factor. Uh, that's not what makes, it's not what's going to make the film good. I mean, as you know, what's going to make the film good is a good story. Um, now, whether he can really conjure something amazing and uh, in terms of like a chest bursting scene, yeah, that, that'll be great. I'm all for it. But I don't care. Ultimately, what I care about are, is do I care about the person who's, uh, you know, who's being chest bursted, you know? Uh, so it, there's a lot to play with, though. There's so much that they could do. And uh, we posed a, uh, a photo on our, 
our Facebook page uh, with the Queen. It was a behind-the-scenes image of the Queen from Aliens with Stan Winston in the photo. And the question we posed was, will we see a Queen in Alien Covenant? Um, what do you think? Uh, to be honest with you, no. I don't think we will. I don't think we will either. Just uh, That's more James Cameron's flame right there. I don't think Ridley wants to steal from that. I agree. I agree. I think uh, Ridley Scott is here to uh, recapture ownership of the the mythology, and uh, I think he's going to explore egg morphing. Um, I sure hope so. I really do, and I, I think that uh, I have this theory that uh, one of the crew of the Covenant will be egg morphed, um, and then out from hmm. the egg will hatch the chest burster, and then we'll get to the big boy uh, later on. Um, big chap. Yeah, the big chap. <laughs> Oh, I sure hope so. Well, because he's he's Ridley's already on the book saying uh, the, the classic alien and the chestburster and facehugger they're all going to be in the film, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Somewhere along there, yeah, he said that. Yeah, which is a, a hundred and eighty degree turn for him. Uh, where for the past, I would say ten years ish at least, he's been saying it's done, it's cooked. Uh, it's been we've seen it too much. It, it's not scary anymore. You can't do it. You can't do it. And then within the last three months, he said, oh, no, 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 no. Now, this is during the process of, of Covenant, of Prometheus 2 becoming Paradise Lost, becoming Alien Covenant. Um, yeah. All of this has changed. So I, maybe someone's really convinced of saying, hey, no, we can tell a good story. We can make this thing scary. You, Mr. Scott, can make this thing scary if anybody can. Let's do it. Let's try it. Let's recapture that. And I think someone probably just convinced him, you know. You know, I, I think one thing that really sticks out about how terrifying the big chap was is a scene when you just see the mouth like shaking and it's about yes. to just headbite yes. Parker. Yes. We need to see if if he if he did something like that in Covenant, oh man, that'll that'll at least make it worth the ten dollars admission yeah. for me. And Cameron did that really well in Aliens, uh where um Frost um she is they're, they, you know, they call her in to pick him up, and uh, she. God damn it, Spunkmeyer! Spunkmeyer. Well, where the fuck, you know? Uh, yeah. And yeah. you see that alien, and its its lip is kind of quivering. You know, the the lips. It's so alive yeah. and so real. Cameron really captured uh, the essence of those creatures. I mean, yeah, he kind of bugged, he dumbed them down a bit, but they really kept the integrity of. Um, of what Geiger had done, and uh, he kind of pushed it a little further, which I liked. Uh, and I, to be honest, uh, we were talking about the Queen. I'm kind of glad that they're going to leave her alone. I, I, I have never been awed by the Queen. Um, I, I, I think it's an interesting thing. Uh, it was an interesting device. It was a great, of course, iconic scene where Ripley's battling the Queen and the power loader. It's awesome. But I want more mystery. I want to let's let's put let's put the alien back in the shroud and. Let's turn it into more a, a creature we don't understand fully, you know? And now maybe the queen is one kind of uh, metamorphosis of the creature that's possible. Maybe there's different ways that they can procreate, and she happens to be one of them. Uh, and, and, and if there's a big population around or something, I don't know. Well, I think it would touch into the caste system because there's definitely one of those going on in the expanded universe. I know there's a king alien in there somewhere in the comics. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's. Um, but if if we're gonna see the queen again, I don't want to see it like resurrection. I want to see it brought back, 
in Alien 5. Yes. Kind of like a guess who's back, bitch type deal. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. Uh, Ripley could say something like, oh, not you again. <laughs> I just, I, I think, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, she walks in, she sees it. Oh, not this bitch. Oh, you again. <laughs> Which is a good segue into the news about uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver talking about the status of Blomkamp's Alien film, which kind of widely regarded as, yeah, it's on hold, but many people think, oh, it's kind of over. But really, she's saying, no, it's actually not. They just want to, much like with, I think, with Rogue One and Star Wars, they wanted to have The Force, Awaken, the Force Awakens uh, shot, released, you know, and out before they started really talking about and promoting Rogue One. and the- Well, Rogue One was supposed to come out before uh, The Force Awakens, no, wasn't no, it? No. no? no. Uh, but the, the day that The Force Awakens released on DVD, we saw the first teaser for Rogue One. And I think it's probably going to be something similar to uh, Bloomkamp's Alien, which is, I think, once uh, res- uh, Resurrection. What the fuck? <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Once Covenant is done and filmed and probably being marketed, they're going to probably ramp up production. Um, and Sigourney oh, Weaver I said that's something so. worth waiting for. She said the script is really good. However, Sigourney Weaver also said the script for Alien Resurrection is really good too. So I kind of take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Not to say that Neil Blomkamp hasn't crafted an incredible story. I'm sure he, he has. But the story for Resurrection was so horribly awful. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can believe just that she's saying it's a great script based off of her opinion. I need the opinions of other people, and I need to actually see it. <laughs> and that also doesn't take into consideration uh, Bloomkamp's uh, less than stellar track record. And I know people like to always bring that up when they're like, "Oh, well, why is he making an alien film? He can't even make a good film." <laughs> this and that. It's just like, well, come on, like. Yeah. Nobody else is gonna do this. Yeah, you, you got somebody on board who cares about the franchise, who grew up loving these films, and he's so dedicated to making a good film. and And I think, at, at its worst, it could be a seven out of ten if it was yeah. mishandled. Yeah, and you I know, yeah, I agree. Well, well it, it's it's uh, it's getting to the point where Sigourney Weaver, Michael Bean, Carrie Han. I mean. Who's who's gonna who's gonna rally the troops and get them back together? And Lance Henriksen, even he might, you know, let's let's just uh, take a wild guess and say he might even come back. He's getting up there. Yeah, Lance Henriksen's in his seventies. He's at least ten years older than, or almost ten years older than Sigourney Weaver. Uh, Sigourney Weaver will be sixty-seven this year or sixty-eight. I can't remember. Um, Lance is still kicking though. I oh, mean, yeah. he does voice. He does. He acts in like everything. Yeah. He does. Uh, video games, all sorts of stuff, TV shows, comics. Yeah, yeah. He keeps. I think he kind of keeps his money flow going, so he's kind of actively involved in as much as possible. Uh, and you know, I just think uh, the 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 iron is hot right now. I, I don't think. Not to say that. Oh no, when Sigourney Weaver's seventy, she's dead. Obviously, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, no. uh, it's the it's the the kind of aura of believability. Um, I think capturing Ripley while she's still in her 60s. I think that's something that we can do. I mean, Sigourney Weaver looks great, for sure. I just think it's something that they need to kind of get on top of right away. Um, but I'm sure they've taken account all that into account. Speaking of, though, um, 
couple things. So there's been some discussion about Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher, look at me getting my uh, my my genres crossed. Uh, <laughs> Carrie Henn reprising her role as Newt in Bloomkamp's Alien. Uh, there's been people on the Wayland Utani Bulletin, people saying, oh no, she doesn't look enough like her. Uh, she looks just like oh, she did when she crazy. was an alien. It's crazy. Uh, and saying, you know, maybe somebody else. Here's the, let's put this right on the record. Ross, who is an admin of the Wayland Utani Bulletin, was recently at a Comic Con in the UK, which Carrie Han attended. And at that, while at that Comic Con, Ross met Carrie Han. Carrie Hen said that she had agreed to reprise her role as Newt, but it wouldn't be the kind of role that we all expected. Uh, apparently, I guess Ripley was going to make a call to Newt, a video call, and Carrie Hen, as Newt, would answer. Uh, she said she was going to grow her hair long and everything, and I'm sure that's probably still going to happen. Um, and then kind of, that would be her kind of, her cameo role in Bloomkamp's Alien. Uh, so that's that's on the record. That's what Carrie Hen said to Ross. Um, so I, we can say, I mean, uh, Carrie Hen or Newt is coming back. Uh, probably, obviously, a very small role, kind of a cameo, but that's fine. Uh, Carrie Hen has not acted since Aliens. She's not an actress. She doesn't. That's she's a teacher. That's what she does. She lives in the kind of the Los Angeles metro area, but I think she's maybe three or four, three or four hours outside of Los Angeles. So that's the scoop on that. Uh, you've heard it here first, officially. Uh, Carrie Hen has said she will reprise her role. So, we'll see where all that goes. And I, I think she does. She looks just like her. She's only thirty-nine. She's uh, she looks. She's got that baby face. She, you know, she she could do it uh, with a few. She totally could. And I, I'm excited. I, I just to, that moment when we're all in the theater and all of a sudden, you know, we we see Ripley talking to Newt. That's going to be a pretty badass moment. It's interesting to see how they'll play off on the mother-daughter dynamic, too, because you could tell near the end of Aliens there was definitely something going on there. Yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, essentially, by the end of Aliens, Newt was Ripley's daughter. I mean, she calls her mommy and runs to her arms, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and the, so it, it's going to be interesting to see where uh, where Blumkem takes the story, you know, really. I mean, my my suspicion was that uh, somehow after aliens, the company would kind of reroute the ship. It would shut down the cryotubes or keep the cryotubes in stasis. And then Ripley awakens many, many years later, uh, kind of in stasis next to have having aged in stasis next to Hicks and Newt is gone somewhere. I don't know. Maybe they sent Newt somewhere else and reaper. Maybe they go out to find her. The company wants her. Could be, could be. Um, but now I'm kind of thinking maybe that's not the case. I think maybe um, they're gonna we're gonna pick up. Maybe Ripley has l lived a, uh, a long life, and all of a sudden she kind of gets back involved somehow, and then she kind of leaves wherever she's living, whatever planet she's living on, and then she kind of goes to embark on her final journey with the alien. I don't know. Um, it's it's there's there's many many different ideas that they could go with. And it's it it could be a great film that doesn't necessarily sidestep or ignore Alien Three. It could be something that just says, uh, maybe Alien Three was like an alternate reality, something like that, yeah. or it was a nightmare. It 
Alien Three could have been a nightmare for Ripley and uh, Stasis. Yeah. That could they could just write it off as saying, oh well, the cryo tubes weren't working, and that's that's why it accelerated her age or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. There could be very plausible explanations for her aging that are much more plausible than resurrecting her with a, an alien growing in her. Um, and and one thing I hope they don't necessarily do is just kind of force awakens it and just be like, oh, well, there's 30 years that happened between yeah. this and that. Yeah. So you have to put the pieces together with all these 80 books you have to buy that destroy the canon. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully they also don't force awakens the story in terms of, oh, well, let's go back and retell some beats from Alien and Aliens just to remind you. We don't need that. We don't need that shit. Um, I, th- I think if Bloomkamp being the Alien fan that he is, if he touched in a book one even a little bit yeah. with you know Hicks and Newt, I think we're in for a treat. That would be really cool, but I don't want to. I don't want to draw conclusions too early. But that's a perfect setup, you know. Like fifteen, twenty years after the end of Aliens, you know, Hicks is pretty much going to the stockade for drunken disorderly, and then Newt's in a mental asylum. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that could be fascinating. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and no, it'd be what's going to be the most interesting is how does Bloomkamp end the film? Um, how does he end it? Uh, does is it end on a, on a sour note where maybe Ripley saves the day again, but she loses her life? I think Ripley. I think, <coughs> pardon me, whatever the case might be, this is our last uh, hurrah with Ripley. Um, what's exciting about it, though, for me, is the idea that I'm going to re-engage the Ripley that I love. The Ripley from Alien, the Ripley from Aliens, and the Ripley from Alien 3. I mean, it won't be her same fate, um, but it's the same character. You know, the Ripley in Alien Resurrection, it's not even the same person. It's, it's just a clone of the original um, with a different, a whole different storyline, you know? Uh, so mm-hmm. That's why I don't even really talk about Resurrection. It's kind of like expanded universe, uh, what-if scenario. Um, but I, I'm excited to engage the Ripley from the alien series, you know, the, the, the first two films. And I am as well. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I do hope Ripley does, uh, die a hero's death in alien five and leave something behind. Cause either way, I, I think she should be killed off. Not necessarily out of my own personal interest, but if it's, if it's going to, be a counterpoint to Alien Three. I do think that she should still die, but I don't. I don't think Hicks and Newt should die. You know, she should die a hero's death, like she saves the universe or something, like she's always wanted. Yeah, yeah. Which, which she does in Alien Three and that kind of thing. But personally, I just think there should be like a huge fight, and she doesn't make it. Yeah. And she leaves Hicks and Newt behind, and they carry the torch. Yeah, yeah. Which opens up another sequel. Yeah, successful. Well, I'm sure Fox knows, you know, that if Bloomkamp's Alien is successful, really, really successful, uh, there's going to be sequels. You know, there's going to be an, an open door for for sequels. Um, and but I'm going to hit on another point that you made earlier about Bloomkamp. His whole kind of approach to the Alien series is something very special. It's and I, we've discussed this before, but again, I just want to kind of hammer it home. It's very much a kind of akin to James Cameron's involvement in Aliens, where he had a story to tell. Bloomkamp has a story to tell. 
he didn't kind of it's not even a Ridley Scott Prometheus slash Alien Covenant thing where they're like, okay, let's try and figure out a story. Uh, William Kim has a story and he's in, desperately in love with these characters and this kind of mythology. And he's just really in a good part. And, you know, he hasn't had a hit. I mean, Elysium actually made some good money. Elysium made some decent money. It wasn't that big of a success, but it was a success nonetheless. Chappie that just, poor guy is always just going to be compared to his first film. He is. Nine. And oftentimes, though, these these uh, directors, uh, these first-time directors slash artists, they're kind of blown. Most of them blow their loads on their first films. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Like, they, yeah. they, they have been struggling to work. You know, or they, they struggle to put these visions together for years and years and years. And then finally, uh, Peter Peter uh, Jackson from the Lord of the Rings films said, hey, this guy's making an amazing film and everyone needs to watch. And everybody did it and people were blown out of the water. But unfortunately, you have a, gr- a film that's so great, everything else is going to be compared to it as opposed to, you know, kind of standing on its own. Now, I really enjoyed Chappie for what it was. Uh, it wasn't that serious of a film. It was kind of ridiculous, but it was fun. Um, and it was a very peculiar, particular film. It wasn't made for the mass audiences. And I think that's another thing that uh, people like Bloomkamp, who he is really an artist, you know, he has an artist vision. You know, sometimes you don't make things for the masses, but in the movie business, that's how it goes. You're making movies, hopefully, that make $400, $500 million domestic, you know? Oh, sure, yeah. I think if uh, Bloomcam takes the Cameron approach to filmmaking, just like nonstop action and not not so much a reliance on the thematic elements because that's more of a Ridley thing. But if he just goes nonstop action, balls to the wall, over the top special effects, all while remaining faithful to Aliens and Alien Three and Alien the trilogy, you know. There's there's serious potential for this to be like the best one, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually looking at the uh, box office results from Elysium. I thought Elysium made more than ninety three million dollars domestic, and it's only worldwide. It's only made it only made almost three hundred million, so two hundred eighty six million worldwide. Uh, yeah, wasn't that successful? It turned a profit for sure, but not much of one. Um, so really, uh, Bloomcamp's Bloomcamp's in a position where he's got a lot to prove. He's got to really write a good story. He's got to also bring a, a franchise back to life. Um, and uh, he doesn't have a hit, so he doesn't have any real power or clout. So he's doing what everybody tells him to do. Um, and if his alien film becomes successful and it makes money and it brings people back in droves, then he'll have some power and control. So hopefully we'll see. I'm all- well, he's certainly, he's certainly got his work cut out for him. He's got to earn, he's got to earn the... Uh... The power. Yeah, he's in so struggle mode, which is a good thing for him, good place for him to be. He's got to struggle. He's got to struggle to get his vision a lot, his vision out there, realized. Uh, I think that's a good place for him. Well, it certainly will foster a new kind of creativity for him. Yeah. He'll get some new ideas out. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's very exciting things happening in the kind of the alien news uh, front. Uh, we seem to be getting kind of trickles of things either with Covenant, mostly with Covenant, every day. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, We should probably say that next year, 2017, is going to be a very interesting year because we're going to get Alien Covenant. Well, there's a lot of great films coming out, but Alien Covenant drops in August. Uh, Newly announced Blade Runner 
follow-up film, October. And then we have Star Wars Episode Eight in December. So it's going to be a very busy end of the year for 2017. Uh, so it, it'll be pretty exciting. We have uh, Rogue One coming out this December, don't we? Yeah, we do. Rogue One. And then, of course, there's a slew of great films coming out this year. Um, but just in terms of like Alien slash Blade Runner fandom that you and I are a part of, uh, there's going to be a lot to kind of digest and uh, talk about over the, the course of those few months. So it'll be interesting, especially uh, I think that uh, the Blade Runner sequel is about to start shooting very soon as well. So we'll see how all that goes. I just want to see like a teaser picture or something, you know, like that uh, image we shared by uh, that Swedish artist of Ryan Gosling as uh, Blade Runner. Yes, yes. I love that. Oh man. Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't doesn't hurt that Ryan Gosling is is as awesome as he is, yeah. but just just seeing him as a Blade Runner, that is, he, it's like he was made for that role. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's just you just look at him and he has that. Gravitas. He has that. He reminds me of 1982 era Harrison Ford. He's got that quality about him. Uh, well, he definitely uh, took a couple pages from the Marlon Brando, Steve oh, McQueen yeah. book of acting because you know he really looked up to those guys as a young actor, and he kind of set himself up for that. Um, but I mean, you know, look at the Place Beyond the Pines, Drive. Uh, only God forgives a lot of the imagery in that and his acting, especially just the performance he delivers is perfect for a Blade Runner. Film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm just, uh, I, we posted something on our site. This is a, a piece that I had worked on a while. It was called, well, essentially it was kind of uh, chronicling the, the path that Fox has to reviving their, their alien series again. And we're talking about, from the inception of Prometheus to the news of Bloomkamp's Alien to kind of where things are at right now, uh, so you know I recommend anybody anyone who, to read it so we can if you want to discuss it, uh, send us an email or whatever. Uh, we we discuss that kind of thing a lot, um, but I was trying to kind of find it right now uh, just to kind of have a place to pivot from just because there's a lot to talk about right now. Uh, but at the same time, this is a great place to be in fandom. Uh, on Alien Day, where Alien Day is a very it's a very interesting thing that what's happening because 20th Century Fox is directly involved in it. But if you notice, Peter, uh, there's only two films that are being shown: uh, Alien and Aliens. They're not mentioning or talking about any other films. It's almost like they're kind of uh, retconning the rest of the series, and they're saying, "Okay, this is what we're about right now. We know that." fandom circles around these two films and these are the films that we're gonna we're, we want to celebrate and i think it's very very interesting yeah definitely um there's there's a story to be told behind the fact they're only really talking about those two and while for me personally and i'm sure for you as well we can pretty much only really consider alien a, a trilogy essentially yeah. yeah there's something to be said about them only showing uh only really talking about Alien and Aliens. Yeah, it, it kind of goes to, and, and interestingly enough, too, uh, to pivot with that point, in a recent interview that uh, Ridley Scott gave to some magazine, I can't remember, maybe it was Bloody Disgusting or Empire, I don't know, and they're talking about uh, Covenant, and they're like, oh, so they're, they're like, oh, no, so this Covenant's a, kind of going to be a sequel to 
Prometheus? And Ridley Scott goes, no, it's more connected to Alien. And I thought that was a very interesting point that Ridley Scott made. It's almost Ridley Scott um, pivoting away from Prometheus and saying, no, 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 no. We know what you guys like. We know what you want. We've heard you loud and clear. So we're, we're making an alien film, a, a formal alien film with everything you come to expect from an alien film. So that's, 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 that's a little nugget that I thought was important to mention at least. Well, I mean, you have to consider like how critically polarizing Prometheus was. Do you think maybe Covenant was his contingency plan? If his if his initial vision wasn't well received, like it wasn't, I mean, it was you know people love it or hate it. Do you think Covenant is him taking a step back and saying, okay, I need to change things up? Uh, well, I think it was probably a combination of the studio and approaching Ridley Scott, and this is also with the mind that everyone lost their shit with excitement for Bloomkamp's Alien, and they said, okay, the fans have spoken. Uh, this is what really what they want, but we also want to honor what you want to do because we feel like, you know, you, you're kind of the father of this franchise, um, and you kind of started it all, but we also we want to kind of hedge our bets, and we want to make sure that the next film that we make is something the fans are really looking forward to, something the fans that can believe in, or something that the fans can believe in. And Ridley Scott was probably like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, and I think they took a lot of the criticism that Prometheus got to heart. Um, but, you know, uh, speaking of, just a real quick segue or side, uh, I was talking to William William Robbie, who's the founder of the Whale and Utani Bulletin, and I was telling him, I said, you know, I'm trying to really be careful about talking with about Prometheus or talking too negatively about it. Um, I said, I, I, I kind of, I don't want to be a part of the polarization because a lot of people love it. And then of course, more people don't, but a lot of people do love it. There's a huge audience that loves Prometheus. And he said, and then there we are just sitting right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. But he said an interesting thing. He said, you know what? People have bashed alien three for years. Um, and no one says anything about it. Um, he said, so I don't, he said, I don't, and I'm paraphrasing. I, he didn't say, I, I don't know. I can't, we were texting. So I, I have to, I don't know what his, I can't remember his specific words, but uh, I just thought it was a really good point. Not that, not that that's going to give me license to bash Prometheus. I've, I've said my piece on Prometheus. Uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Dayton Allen made a really, 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 really good point uh, about Prometheus. And I think, I don't know it was a, if it was a film that he enjoyed so much, um, but this is what, let me read to you what Dayton Allen, I quoted him in the piece that I wrote. Um, he says, I think Prometheus helped bring the franchise back to a steady medium without, every make, without ever making the beast its focus until the last sequence. If well thought out, they can use Prometheus as a jumping off point to, to breathing new life into Geiger's alien. And this is what I like about his statement is, love Prometheus or hate it, it really brought a sense of seriousness back to the world of alien. And I think, uh, Prometheus did that and it made it serious and it made it like, no, we're, we're taking you on a ride. Uh, and I think that that serious tone can then set the stage for the next film, which it probably has, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's kind of a nice thing that it, uh, reinvigorates interest in the franchise. 
you know, because I'm sure people were really bitter for years and years after Alien versus Predator. <laughs> I I need to go like bleach my mouth after that. <laughs> Which is funny because I own those on DVD. Uh, just because it was just the opportunity to see the alien on screen again, just to see what they were. Oh doing. sure, yeah. Um, only appeal. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only appeal. Yeah, yeah. You know, I love creature effects as as I know you do. So it's kind of great to see the alien uh, on screen again in their all kind of all their glory. Even if by the time AVP Requiem came out, they were just an abomination of what they used to be. Um, well, is as much hate as both of those films get and i understand and justify it completely the creature design in avp requiem aside from the pred alien i thought was awesome oh yeah oh yeah i i they, know. they put some really hard work into absolutely. that and you can absolutely. tell absolutely uh which leads us to another point that that's is something that i really really want to talk about um in terms of creature design and uh for many many years my and i was I talked bad about ADI. ADI, Amalgamated Dynamics Incorporated. They've been working on Alien films since Alien 3. Tom Woodruff, Woodruff Jr. and Alec Guinness started off with Stan Winston on Aliens. And they started their own company, which Fox then employed for every Alien film after that, except for Prometheus, which Ridley Scott did his own thing. Um, I gave ADI shit for years. Pe- people still do, saying, oh, they look horrible. The effects in Alien 3 I thought looked bad, uh, but I attributed that to ADI, when in fact it was not their fault. I think ADI, the, the, the guys involved, Tom Woodruff Jr. and Alec Guinness, Alec Gillis, not Alec Guinness, uh, Alec Gillis, they are amazing craftspeople. They know their craft so, so very well. Everything they've done is amazing. Uh, most of the time, even when they're designing, uh, they're designing based off of... Uh, Studios and directors' notes. They're not just designing their own thing. They're doing. They're they're kind of saying they're being commanded. Hey, we're looking for this, so they go. They're essentially taking commissions from the studio. Absolutely. Um, and so what we see is the final product of studio heads, directors, producers, and other executives. So I think uh, I think they're due for some colossal respect from the alien community. They didn't ruin the alien. They didn't ruin the design of the alien. Uh, they just took it in a different direction that the directors wanted to, wanted to go. Now, many of us don't agree with that direction. Most of us love no. the original Geiger design. We love it. We're, that's what we fell in love with. Um, and by the time, you know, at the end of uh, AVP Requiem, which was the last formal time we've seen an alien on screen, it was barely even recognizable. But the creature design was still amazing. Um, they still did a really, 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 really incredible job. So this is just kind of to write that ship and to give them credit, give them props. Uh, Bloomcam said he'd be working with them on with his alien film. So, uh, I, and I couldn't be happier. So. That's why I just want to kind of say that about ADI. I think they and I and I agree. I agree fully. I mean, they're they're essentially taking what has been presented to them, and they're working their magic, and they're trying their best. I mean, we we've shared behind the scenes videos from Alien Three as well as Alien Resurrection, and it's awesome stuff. Yeah. You know, yes. it much better than the CGI they had back then. Oh, yeah. even though there wasn't, there was like hardly any CGI in Three. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think one shot of CGI. But yeah, um, and I, I fell in love with kind of creature effects and 
and uh, as a kid, like some of the first things that I, I, I loved was how did they make that and how they did that. And then I remember hearing about ADI when I was a, kind of a young teenager and reading, you know, all those kind of special effects magazines back in the 90s, back before the Internet and there was everything. Not everything was so at your fingertips, but I would recommend uh, Studio ADI has a YouTube channel. They have almost 200 videos posted on that YouTube channel. They're amazing behind the scenes. A lot of them are with aliens. Some are with the thing. Some are all just different types. There's one with, uh, they did the, the Zod body for Batman versus Superman. That was very interesting. Very interesting video. People should check that out. So, um, I would love to actually interview one of them one day. Who knows? Uh, maybe we'll have to drop a line out sometime. Yeah. Uh, get in touch. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot happening. Uh, NECA just released a tribute Ripley figure. Uh, images for the tribute uh, Ripley figure that's going on sale on Alien Day. Looks badass. Really, really great. I personally want the Alien 3 Ripley. That's the one I really want, uh, which I've seen kind of hints and glimpses of. Um, there's uh, Ripley's replica shoes from Aliens that are going to be available, which I'd love to get, but there's probably no way. Uh, there's, I'm sure. There's... I think I'm just gonna bite the bullet and say fuck it and get a pair. Really? Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'll probably regret it, but whatever. <laughs> well, you'll have them. So when they're not making them anymore, it'll be worth some money. <laughs> yeah, because it's definitely gonna be a collector's item. I'm sure you'll be able to get them online. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you'll be able to get the Ripley figure, the the Kenner Ripley from NECA. Yes. Uh, that'll be very limited quantities from uh, Toys R Us's website because it's a Toys R Us exclusive. Oh, is it? Yes. Okay, interesting. It's gonna, Toys R Us, and yeah. It's going to be fascinating to see if Fox releases any information, if we're going to see uh, any maybe images of Covenant uh, because they've been shooting for a while now. They've been shooting for probably a good month at least. Uh, uh, if they're going to make any announcements, I'm such kind of the crazy optimist that I hope, oh, yeah, they're going to make some announcements and we're going to see some, maybe some stills from the set or whatever or an update. So uh, it's coming. It's coming soon. So who knows? Uh, uh, it'll be an exciting time. I know the cast of Aliens is going to be uh, getting together, including Sigourney Weaver, uh, for the for a Comic-Con in Houston, I believe. Uh, I'm not somewhere in Texas. Yeah. I'd con I'd considered going. But... I would I would love to go too if I could afford it. But uh, yeah, being a poor artist, I have to go. To... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel you. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so much. And again, this is just a really unprecedented thing. Fox has never uh, done this before. This is kind of uh, this is a the kind of alien answer to May the Fourth be with you, which is May the Fourth, of course. Uh, and uh, it's really it's really something that galvanizes fans, um, and you can feel the excitement on social media. Pictures we're posting through our page are getting huge amounts of uh, of, of not just likes but uh, cross promotion and uh, views. People are really excited about this, and I think this is a a really special time for alien fans to kind of come together and say, you know, this is why we're alien fans. This is what, these are the films that we love. There's going to be screenings of alien and aliens all over the world. Uh, there's going to be one at the Alamo draft house here in Los Angeles, which I'd love to attend, but I just can't, uh, which is okay. I'll have my own screening. Uh, oh, I think a lot of us, will. I'm going to have a back to back marathon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'll start the day with aliens. Absolutely. Or probably alien. Uh, 
but yeah, this is just a really, a really, really, really great time to be a fan. And uh, I think the momentum towards kind of this is like this new chapter of Alien films is going to be pretty exciting. You know, I mean, as we await further imagery from Covenant to find out what it's about. Uh, I, but I should, should mention one thing. It's interesting. I, I'm the editor for this other uh, web page or so, uh, Facebook page called Prometheus slash Alien Covenant. And they've got just about 8,000 uh, likes to their page. And uh, it's it's a really interesting page. Like, I, I've posted some alien or aliens uh, imagery, and it doesn't really get that much of attention. Then I post Prometheus imagery, and the attention blows up. So there is a really, really, really big audience of people who loved Prometheus. Loved it. A whole new crop of people, um, which is very interesting. It's very, very interesting. Um, and, and some people, I wonder if some people still don't understand if the films are connected, uh, like the Alien films. So uh, it, it's as And then on our page, I'll post like photos of the cast of aliens or Hicks or whatever. And it gets massive amount of views and it reaches all kinds of people. But then I post something about Prometheus and it's way less. It'll get like less than a third of the, of the attention that an alien centric image will. And I think it's a very fascinating thing. Well, even, uh, even when we post Blade Runner stuff, we still get a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just really kind of tells you where people are at. We're just we kind of have these old, these these kind of old school, firmly rooted fans who are fans of these kind of old movies or the older, you know, traditional alien films. And then you have the new film like Prometheus that's very polarizing and and uh, kind of divisive, uh, and not as many people respond to it. Uh, so it's 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 a curious thing. We'll see. Well, how kind of how with the marketing for Covenant, where, where, what road they go down for that? Yeah, lots of interesting stuff coming up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is this has been a, a really great episode. Uh, me and Peter felt like it was really important that we release an episode on Alien Day, something for people to listen to, to talk about. Uh, our our Alien Three uh, episode went over really, really well. We got a great listener great amount of listeners a lot of downloads of that i really appreciate everybody who came on the show everybody who listened to the show uh we have a lot of we have a lot of things uh coming up kind of one-off interviews that peter and i are doing separately uh that's going to be their own kind of thing uh that which we'll introduce probably on alien day um with the title of what those things are going to be so it's an exciting time yes and thanks again everybody for tuning in and being awesome yes yes We'll see you on the other side.